Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. <laughs> hey, I was just wanted to say before we get started, say hello to everybody else. Hello, Cliff Dorfman. You look amazing under that light. I just thought you should know. Oh, yeah, this was something that was going on before we, uh, we went on the air, in air quotes. Uh, welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and... Me! I see. Jason. hey Feeling Jason. a little hacksaw Jim Duggins today. <laughs> That's a weird reference. Yeah, I don't know why. I just, I, I just, I, you know, he was, he was always one to point his thumb at himself and just go, hey oh, do you remember that? Oh, is, that is that Hacksaw? That's Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, American flag in one hand, two by four in the other, you know. So, you know, that's what I liked about old wrestling. I don't want to go off on this too much. You didn't need, you could either go crazy and be like, have this really crazy backstory, or you could just be a guy that eats the foam out of the side of the ring, you know, and, or, uh, or carry a big <laughs> stick around. And that, was, that could be your whole gimmick. You're talking like the old wrestling pictures. The old 80s pictures, yeah, exactly. Oh, you're talking about the 80s ones, not the old wrestling pictures from the Steel. No, not the wrestling ones. No, no, yeah. but the, 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 I was thinking George the Animal Steel, you know, he'd just go oh, out yeah. there and yeah, eat the ring. Oh, all right, all right, all right. I'm not mad at it. No, no. It's all right. I, I, don't know. I, don't know. I don't know exactly how we launch into that to a frictionless Monday. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> but what I was, you know, we have a guest today, and before we launch into the kind, I was going to say, like, our guest wrote a book called Frictionless, and I've always lived this, you know, or I've tried, at least, you know, definitely over the last half a decade, to live this philosophy that I called the, the glide philosophy, which was I just glide through just whatever it is, I just put on some lube, and I just, whatever, I'm not, I'm just <laughs> sliding, I'm gliding through. Now, she's got a whole book on this idea, Frictionless, which when we started this show during quarantine, you know, as your idea, it was, hey, do you want to do a live show? And what you realized, and then ultimately I realized, or I think that's the order it went in, was that this is the most frictionless way to do a talk show. We've seen it with Fallon. We've seen that celebrities are happy. This can be done anywhere, anytime, mm -hmm. any place. People just have to stop for 10 minutes, and they get free publicity, and they can do it from their home. Hi, Linda Hazelberry. She just joined us. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Steph. We have our... Family all joining. I love that when we come back. Yeah. Ooh, should we tell people that we're going to only have three episodes? Oh, yeah, we, well, yeah we'll tell everybody. Um, we just told just everybody. Just <laughs> this week is going to be a little bit of a shorter week for us. We're going to be celebrating a couple things. One, it's the 4th of July, and so um, that's on a Saturday. Uh, so we're doing a live show on Friday for those reasons. Um, also, it is my, and I had to be reminded and corrected on this, it is my three-year anniversary on July 1st. I was thinking it was only two. It was either two or in, it was infinity. It was either, you know, whatever number two is, tin, paper, uh, paper tin, or, or, or infinity, which I feel like is a, is a dark store. Um, which... uh, uh, you know, listen, uh, it's, it's time flies. Right when you're having fun, it's, oh, yeah. that that was the that was yeah, yeah. the excuse for that. Or oh, or when you just uh, you know time flies when you're also when you're um, sitting in one of those yeah. uh, you know opium dens and just uh, living your life uh, on one of those cots where where somebody just keeps putting opium in your pipe. Well, um, actually, you know, also someone comes over and lights it for you, so yeah, they exactly. really take all the effort and guesswork out of being an addict if you can afford it. You just lay there. Someone <laughs> yeah. brings you a pipe. They load it. Another person lights it. You just lean up a little, like. And if I can't think of a better metaphor for marriage 
than that. Um, well, I wouldn't no be. Chinese I wouldn't be a podcast <laughs> impresario. I mean, impresario is a fair word. I'm just going to say. Now, I, I know I, I want you to bring up this movie because we, we're going to have our, our guest on soon. But I want you to bring on this movie because, again, it's another form of frictionless how we can be sitting in our house. And I didn't know you would watch this. I didn't see any fanfare press for it. And I hit you up like, hey, this movie is hysterical. You should watch it. You're like, already watched it. Oh, yeah. Movie. Oh, uh, Eurovision, the the new yeah. Will Ferrell movie uh, and Rachel, Rachel McAdams. McAdams. It's, a, it's a sequel to The Notebook. Um, and <laughs> you stuck that in. I like that. You didn't tell me no, you were say that. that no, I didn't know I was going to say that either. That no, uh, there's there's a new movie on Netflix that just kind of popped up called Eurovision. It's uh it's very much in the Will Ferrell realm of the 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 old you know the stepbrothers type. Uh, uh, He's living at home in the basement guy, of his father's. Yeah, living with Pierce Brosnan. Uh, Guys, and, he looks like uh, he looks like he's forty and the best looking guy in the world. In Iceland, and they were are they yeah. want to compete in the Eurovision, which is a like kind of the equivalent of like it's like uh, um, like American Idol on steroids. It's like all the biggest, uh, you know. Is this music. not a real thing, right? I, I don't know for sure that it is or isn't. I want it. I should to look it up. I feel like it should be, but it's just like this Euro European music competition that he really wants to be in, and he has he's a partner. Icelandic. Him and yeah, Rachel he's Icelandic McAdams. with Rachel McAdams. And they are trying to win this this event, and it's super silly, and it's got these. There are great, elves. They, it's got elves and great acts. Will doesn't believe in. I'm sorry, and, if Nancy. I hope you have a drink with you. Because <laughs> I keep interrupting and, Jason. That's our drinking game commence. Go ahead. And uh, it, it's it's incredibly funny and silly and stupid, but also just fun. And it's you know I don't want to get back into a. Uh, you know, in comparisons to other movies that may or may not have come out starring a Pete Davidson or... Yeah, but listen, SLP I thought people. about this. <laughs> listen, I thought about this, and I thought, here's the perfect example, right? That's how you set a tone for a movie. You open up on ABBA on Icelandic television, which is like basically the Super Bowl for Iceland. They're performing, uh, um, what is it, Normandy. Mm -hmm. uh, and, Waterloo, and he's yeah, dancing yeah. at Waterloo, right? And he's dancing like like a fiend and jumping up and down. And people are laughing. And you hear this like over the top, you know, monkey, uh, you know, churning. Uh, uh, what are the they? Grinder. Yeah. Yeah. Grinder thing like laughter. But then suddenly he pulls it back. He's like, stop laughing at me. But like, all right. Now I know the tone of the movie. OK. Yep. I know the tone of the movie. It's weird. It's another world. Weird stuff happens. They almost die and pop back up. And they stay with that tone the whole film, and it's awesome. And I'm not saying I teared up at the last number. I, I might have, uh, I might have uh, whistled that song to myself to, to, let me, to make myself go to sleep and feel that us. That song at the end of that, I mean, I have to download it. it it's, I had to look. By the way, do you know that Rachel McAdams, it's performed by Will, Rachel, and then there's a third voice. I wonder if that, fur, that third voice hit the Spiorg note. <laughs> an actual you, note? you'll have to watch it to see what that means but uh yeah it's a really good movie i recommend just checking it out and the beauty of it is it's free it's on netflix um it's frictionless it, this is the frictionless. this is the thing it, it really and it just came out it's like i i sat down uh last night and i was like oh what can i watch you know because i'm in the middle of doom squad doom patrol what is it mm -hmm. doom patrol which one Doom Doom Patrol. Patrol, but they went to the Doom Squad this time. This last episode, I just finished like seven. So they went to the Doom Squad. I don't think so. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go look. Go well, look I, at that. I will. The Doom right. Squad. Yeah, because you keep telling me that it doesn't. There's no Doom Squad. 
I've been saying this since the first episode that this is a Doom Squad. And do you not remember this? How they go to that house and they're all living in Mento's fantasy and Mento's like the oh. real, uh, you know, kind of uh, X-Men dude that they base Magneto off of? Oh, got it, got it. Yeah, they go to that other place. That's, That's the right. Doom with, Squad. With all the older guys, with all the, the like, the... the yeah, the Mento and Arian yeah. or Asian or whatever, and they're all, like, fallen superheroes that um, nobody beat. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, and they're all kind of going through their own thing. Um, right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, the reason I, I bring that up is because I was in the middle of watching that, but I was like, oh, what can I watch? I sit back. All of a sudden, it's not a big deal. They're not making huge announcements. It's like Will Ferrell just slipped a movie with Rachel McAdams, who <laughs> I forgot how much I missed her. <laughs> like, she can make anything great. And, oh, one more thing before I stop. They all tried to do the accent. The Norwegian accent, oh, the Icelandic yeah. accent. Some sounded Irish, some sounded Scottish brogue Icelandic, but they all they tried. And it's yeah. freaking funny. It's Fantastic. really freaking funny. Um, the Russian guy is very funny. He's from Downton Abbey, so my wife noticed him from Downton Abbey. He's also from that show Legion that I really, really liked. I don't know if you've so ever watched good. that. He's so no. good. No, but he's great. I, I thought he was fantastic. The love of yeah. a lion. Right. He's hunting for lion love. I mean, this guy's hysterical with his hairless body. He could not be better. Just be, and they're all forced to live this life. They don't want to. It's very good. I have to say, yeah. it's a strong recommend. You should go and you guys watch it. Check it out. Um, Cliff, do you would you like to do the honors of introducing our guest tonight? Oh yeah, absolutely. We're good. We're, we're doing. How great was that? Oh, yeah. in. It, was, it was again. Yeah. I'm gonna do it frictionless. What was it, Jason? <laughs> Every time you say it, I see her going. You don't know it. <laughs> no, I do. I read the whole book. I'm just I read teasing. the whole book. I did. We're going to talk about it. I can see her in the green room laughing at you. Um, yeah, I love this. Good. I like being laughed at. All right. So our next guest today has, is a two-time author. Her latest book, Frictionless. I'm just going to go out there and say it's a bestseller. And if you haven't read it, you should read it immediately. We're going to talk all about it. She's an interior designer. She has started companies dwell. I, we're going to talk all about it. Ladies and gentlemen, Christiane Lemieux. <laughs> Uh, hi, I'm not. You? I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. Yeah, so well, just to just I'm to qualify, it's okay. I'm care. laughing at him. We and if you laugh at the same time, we'll just pretend we're both laughing at him. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's good anyway. I'm I'm totally on board. Um, I want to be laughing. Listen, I love your book. I love everything you've done. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being. Thank, here. Thanks. Thanks for having me in the middle of a gigantic rainstorm in New York. It's just like <laughs> is that coming down. Yeah, so if the internet goes in and out, it's because uh, it's the forces of nature. You just reminded me, my mom told me there's a, that's what's happening in New York, too. She said yeah, it's raining it's crazy. so crazy. Yeah. yeah, sideways, <laughs> sideways. But anyway, yeah, you guys there we are. Right now, yeah, it's really helpful. Yeah. Okay, so first of all, I, I want to talk a little, what you've done is amazing. In your book, I was saying this to Jason, I've always felt like I live this glide philosophy, I just want to float and slide through. Mm -hmm. We felt that starting the show was without knowing it, because I hadn't read your book, was frictionless. It was the easiest way to do a talk show. We broke the fourth wall's already broken by the quarantine. Right. So when you start, you know, you come from Ontario, right? You, you, you start out as someone, how, how do you get your first job being an assistant to Isaac Mizrahi? I want to start there, because that's not a small job. Wow, you really mined my resume. I haven't talked oh. about this in years. Good, there uh, we go. okay. let's do All it. Right. So I, I get my first job as an assistant for Isaac Mizrahi during like his amazing days when he did, what was the movie he did? Um, oh, the documentary. Oh, yes, the documentary. Yes. Oh, I'm, in the, the I'm in the background. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm in the background of the documentary because I got to dress Naomi Campbell at his fashion show. Um, I'm a kid from Canada. Wait, wait, and I, Naomi uh, Campbell? I mean, could, could not be more beautiful. It's almost impossible. It's impossible. I mean, it's, it's almost impossible. Yeah, it is, I think it is impossible. I, I, I'll just label it impossible. No, she's like, uh, she's like chiseled out of something that is not, not human, turns out. Yeah, it's, it's um, some kind of star seed, right? Like something yeah, yeah, else, totally, it's totally. Alien completely, alien, completely yeah. some, yeah. something completely different. But you're um, in the midst of the highest point, I think, in the fashion world of what's going on. Yes. Then. How, first mm-hmm. of all, I really want to hone in on this. How do you get that job? That is not a small you, job. You get really good grades in school, it turns out. Mm-hmm. So I went to Parsons School of Design, yeah, and Parsons I got a whole school. bunch of, yeah, a good school. So, and I got a whole bunch of great internships, and uh, um, Isaac was one of them. So when I went to Isaac Mizrahi, I was an intern, and, and then I worked there in the summer, and then I got an internship working for Mickey Drexler at The Gap, and then I graduated, and the day I graduated, I started my own company. Okay, right. So this is the thing, right? So you start Dwell, Dwell Studio, yes. right? Yeah, and, yeah. But but you take a job, right? Working for the uh, Portico, was it, or something? You're the yeah. design yeah. person? Wow, well, so well, Because I found this. Well, you talk about it in your yeah, book, yeah. and I find it yeah. fascinating because yeah. you're really a, a kid out of high, out of college. I'm a kid. You know? I'm a kid. I'm just like a kid at this point. Yeah. So I, I'm, a I'm such a kid. Go ahead. I'm a kid out of college. I don't know anything about business. Um, I don't even know what a purchase order is. Um. So, so my girlfriend from Canada, Rachel McAdams is also Canadian, by the way. I'm just yeah, going to, you know, close, yeah, close the circle. circle here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. So, yes. So uh, my girlfriend from college marries a guy who owns this, this, this chain of stores. And he basically says, he's just bought it. He's a venture capitalist. And he says, you know what? Go do something. So I, it's my first job out of college. I step in, I start to do things and I realize that what I'm doing is working. So I, you know, six months later, I said to him, excuse me, I think I'm just going to go and do something on my own. So I quit my job, but I, I have enough, you know, contacts from Parsons Wait, that I end up. Egg? Like you made a nest I, egg? No, 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 I have no nest egg. Okay, I, okay great. I have a lot Good of, planning. I have a lot of, I, I'm delusionally optimistic and I have this a, a lot of. This is what I'm getting to. I love yeah, it. Go on. Delusionally optimistic. I, ha- I guess I have a, a, a lot of courage. And so what I do is I knock on doors and tell people that I did this thing at Portico and now I'm willing to do private label design for them. So I land Target as a client, I land Crate and Barrel as a client, and I land Walmart.com as a client, and the thing goes from there. Okay, so let's stop for a second. Now, this okay. is not, and I think it's important for our listeners, too, because here's what happens, right? You go to college, you get these great internships, they show you what you can do, then you mm-hmm. get this opportunity. But what happens in Portugal is based on what you did there. He put you yes. in a position to succeed. You yes, took that position to succeed. So and when I ran you with knocked it. on these doors, people could look at what happened at Portico and yes. say, oh, that's your body of work. I yeah. really did that. For me, it's entourage. And oh, you wrote right. that? Great. I'll give you another job. Such a so, good show. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. But that being said, right, so now you launch out. Like you said, you don't know anything. You were teaching me stuff in your book about, like, earnings after something. I'm like, I can't yeah. do business. So, yeah. what, again, delusional optimism. But you totally delusional. start this thing. And you realize, what, it's not frictionless. So I realize, well, I mean, friction, we'll, we'll come circle with frictionless, too, because it's not just uh, a mode of business. It's actually a, it's become a personal, like a, a personal mantra of mine. Right. And I'll, and I'll talk about the equation later. It's the precision paradox. So I, so I, yeah, so I, I go, I go off and start this business. Um, 
and I have a couple of like fairly serious inflection points, right? One is I come back to Target in 2007 and they offer us a brand there. So go into Target between 2007 and 2011, greatest learning experience of my life, right? It's like going to, um, you guys call it college, we call it university. It's like going to the University of Retail. Um, so I just sat there and listened to everything they had to say. Um, in 2011, we decided that we wanted to sort of branch out into all kinds of other categories like furniture and things like that, opened a store in New York. And then I got to the entrepreneurial fork in the road, which is I either had to raise a lot of money because I was going to build stores and catalogs and e-commerce and all these things. Or the other thing I could do was really think about, do I want to dig into this business model that I created? Do I think it's there's a go forward here? And here's another thing about Canadians is right. that it would be very difficult for me as a Canadian person to raise money and lose it for my investors. Like, I just don't know. It's just not the way we're, it's just not the way we're wired. We're really nice. No. And we're really respond. Yeah. And we're really responsible. Right. So I thought about it. I was like, okay, am I really going to raise a lot of money and dig into this, into this business model that I don't actually believe is going to carry us forward anymore. And so, you know, after I curled up in a ball in a fetal position in my room for many, many days, I got up and decided to sell the company. And so I hired an investment bank in New York. And I gave them, you know, 15 names of people that I would sell this thing that, you know, I love so much. I don't know right. how relevant it was to the rest of the world, but it was certainly relevant to me. Right. Well, didn't, and didn't it kind of exemplify your idea of contrasting styles, like metaphorically as well, like your life? It did. Very much so. Yeah, so it's hard to let go of it. Right. But you're gonna, yeah. you know you have something you can sell, which is more than, you know, most. So you have a viable thing here. It's not a yes. unicorn, but it's yeah. a thing. No, it's a thing. It's a, you know what it is? It's a, it's a, a brand. Thing. So I made a real brand. Yes, I made a real company. Um, so I had a real company to sell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I went to see a whole bunch of really interesting people. So I got to see all the best people in my, in my, uh, in my world, you know, in my silo of home furnishings, lifestyle brand, whatever. Right. And I will tell you that when I walked into Boston, Massachusetts, and this is 2000, this is the beginning of 2013. And I saw what Neeraj and Steve were doing at Wayfair. I was like, oh, my God. Like, what? First of all, what? And second of all, wait, why Why hasn't everybody else in the entire world seen this? Like, why hasn't Steve Jobs seen this? Like, why hasn't Jeff Bezos seen this? Anyway, so I, I, I go in there and I'm like, oh, oh this, is, this is unbelievable. Like, they're creating, you know, AI stuff. It's hardware. It's software. It's e-com. It's, I mean, it's everything. And so virtual design, supply inventory, logistics, everything you know, it's across the board, right? Everything. It's everything. Right. And, and so something interesting. I'm going to interrupt for one reason. You said something interrupt interesting away. book. OK, you, you said that you had other options and, and that Wayfair was not necessarily the most lucrative option, but it, it was wasn't. for you in the long term of human currency. So here's the thing. I play the long game, right? Always. I think if you don't, you're in trouble, right? And so, um, you know, I, I think that we put, as a society, too much emphasis on the dollar sign and not on the, not on the, the, the sum total, right? Mm -hmm. Because 10 bucks today could end up being $100,000 tomorrow, right? Whatever, it's like whatever, the, whatever math you want to do. Anyway, <laughs> so I, I always play the long game. And right. so I realized that, yes, the, the actual payout wouldn't be the most, but... I knew in my gut, right? And that's the other thing, follow your gut. Um, mm -hmm. I knew in my gut that this was the right decision because I knew in the same way, listen, it's, it's also 
pattern recognition, right? Really great entrepreneurs right. or really great, it's pattern recognition. So I, 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 it was, I was recognizing my target experience all over again, right? I had learned so much from that experience. I knew walking into this, I was gonna learn so much about this because I understood the design, you know, retail, all these things. But what I didn't understand was the technology. Well, so I because most your you said you didn't have mentors and it feels like most your mentors were major companies like Target was yeah, a mentor, yeah, yeah. You know, Wayfair was your mentor, yeah, and you yeah, chose sure. to take Wayfair as a mentor as I did. opposed to selling for like how much money do you think you didn't get in the short run? Was it you know seven figures? You know six figures in the short run? It was seven figures. Away from many, seven figures. yes, yes, many seven figures. Yeah, that is hard thing to walk away from. Oh, wait, I do it again. I do I do it so many times. <laughs> I mean, you know, who do you consult with on that? Like, who? Do, like I'm saying, your family? Like, do you no. Like, Who's, you just, no, you because people, yeah, of course you tell you, because you, you know your gut. Because people will always tell you to take the money. And they're not thinking about the, they're not, they're thinking about the long game. I mean, I wish I could call up Warren Buffett sometime and be like, dude, tell me about the long game. Because you're the person who understands it better than anybody. And it ends right. up being right. He's never wrong, right? right. And he also, there you go. Yeah, he doesn't invest in. He also doesn't invest in the, the the bottom line. He invests in the people behind the bottom line, which I also think is the most, you know, the best way to do it. But that's what you did with the CEO of Wafer. So I invested in Nierge. Yeah. Yeah. And that did not turn out to be a mistake. I mean, that did not turn out to be a mistake. Sorry. Yeah, no, you said it, right. That did yeah. not turn out to be a mistake. To be a mistake. Yes. Yeah, right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. It was awesome. Let's just be clear. It, it well, no, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was like one of the greatest experiences, the learning experiences of my life. So I went from being a designer who went to Parsons to being trained in technology by the, like the world-class team, you know, guys from, and girls, people from yes. who went to graduated from MIT, who would show me data in cubes. And at first I was like, what? What does that and mean? After, what does that mean? Data I mean, it's, so it's not just, it's not a, it's not a plane. They show you, they showed me data in cubes. It would have to show matrix. you. In a, it's not a flat no, matrix of math. It's not a flat it's matrix. It's, it's oh, in a, yeah, in a cube form. Yes. Ooh. And so, at, yeah. So at first I was like, what? And then I was like, wow, <laughs> what? <laughs> like now and how so, can I use this? Yeah, exactly. And so like when, when they weren't looking, you know, I was in the back end dash of Wayfair looking at every piece of data there was, oh my God, you know what? The United States loves blue. Here's what I mean. Like you, because you, I could start to see That's the kind of data the, you were looking at, like the United States loves blue. Oh, they do. Yeah. Yeah. No, but like, but everything, like I got to see everything right through, you know, through my lens of design and understanding and retail and all this. And and so I just, I, and I, you know, learned their search algorithm. I was understand, I could understand why certain things did well. Anyway. So I just, it was just like, anyway, it's, it's huge because they're using this data because data is everything. And you explain this in your book, very in depth, but the use of data until it isn't until it isn't, we'll get to frictionless in a second. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I mean, the use of data is extraordinary. But because they have it across it, the board for every one of their industries, and you're looking at it through the very filtered lens of design. Yes, yes. And Absolutely. so I would say that, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a data scientist. But I would say that I do have pattern recognition, and I, I, I think maybe seeing things that engineers wouldn't necessarily see, right? We're seeing, we're seeing the same data, but we're interpreting it in different ways. So data is not finite, right? It, is, it has to be interpreted. So I interpret... Yeah, of course. I interpreted it my way. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time interpreting their data, which was fascinating to me and just learning every single thing I could. Okay. So you move this now into this idea of inside, right? Like, but 
Yeah. And then inside is what really moves us towards your book, right? Is that, yes. is that the correct chronology? You are absolutely correct. So what I, I realized, so what I, I, you know, what I realized was that first of all, I'm a serial entrepreneur. So um, me working for somebody is a very bad idea, which I'm sure Neeraj would tell you in space. Be like, yeah. You said something very funny. I yeah. thought it was like you were quick. It's like flying first class. It's like you can't, you know, you're like once you've been your own boss, you can't not be your own boss. It's very hard to go work for someone, you know? It's, it's very like, hard. Yeah. So you're like, I have to do this. I have to do this. And I also thought to myself, okay, like if I could do the mental math and take what I've learned in the first version, add it to what Neeraj taught me and come up with some kind of interesting solve for all the issues in the industry that I'm in, then that's another, that's a company I would start again. And so somewhere along the line, I figured out how to do that. And so I left in 2016, um, with a lot of unvested stock on the table. Yeah, you mentioned I did it again. I did it again. again. Did it again. I did it again. This is a pattern, yeah. right? Walked away. But, yeah, yeah. But you went and you found, wait, you found, uh, the, um, what yeah, is it called? Right. The, for right runner, now, it, Runner Ventures. For, found, for right? Runner Ventures, yes, yes, yeah. yes. So I found Kirsten Green, who was a, a another genius in the. Uh, Kirsten Green, like, how do you go find this hedge fund that's going to put money in? Like, okay, you know what? Listen, so, you have a hell of a track record, but tell us. Um, so a friend of mine from college in Canada worked for Soros, and we went out for a drink, and I told him what I was doing. This is this okay. is New York, okay? This has yeah. got nothing to do with me. Where I'm from. I I yeah I. I get it. You know. When people say I love New York, I love New York, not only for New York, but for every single citizen in this city, right? Because everybody's got something, right? Everyone. I love it. So, yeah. So it's like, I, I, I love, love New it. York love for every for person everything. here. Everybody, every person. Everything. Everyone. Every piece of, every rat that's infesting the city. I love it for yep. everything. Yeah. Every person you come rats, by. But I love it. Them. But exactly. New York is a state. So continue. Me too. So, okay. so that, this is my story. You know, my friend from college went to work for Soros. We were having a drink and he said, you should go see Kirsten Green. She's like, she, she is the summit of consumer investing. So I was like, okay. I love this. Very powerful <laughs> so, woman. And she's, how big is this hedge fund? Is it a billion dollar hedge fund? It's a big hedge fund, so right? She, it's not a hedge fund. It is. Okay, it's a, it's a, it it's, she's a, she's a, she's a venture investor. So she's a consumer investor. So she, she raises various, uh, various funds, um, year after year after year. And she invests in, in companies. I mean, the best there is like jet.com and Glossier and hymns. And I mean, like it, away, like all of them. She's, she's got she has, she got the Midas touch. Yeah. Got and okay. But here's the, here, let me contextualize this because at this point, I don't know anything about any of this. Right. He says, go talk to her. I say, okay, I get on a plane. I'm in San Francisco and she starts to talk to me. She's like, Christian, we should really do this. Like, I'm going to write you a pre-seed check. And I was like, okay. I mean, at this point, I'm like, I don't know anything. I don't. I can't even understand what she's saying to me. Okay, I don't know. It must be money. Yeah, like I'm like I, I get like something. Like I get me yeah, exactly. I like I get what she's done, but honestly, I have no idea. And I mean, I did say they this. Fly you like, out there? Wait, did they fly you out? No, there? I was going to visit friends. So it was like, so like serendipitous. Just pop in. It was serendipitous. Yeah. So and then she's like, and then she's like, and like you know, like let's talk about the cap table and all this other stuff. I was like, cap table? Like what the? So again. I leave. I'm like, okay, let's just whatever, whatever you're saying. I say, I say yes, because uh -huh. who says no to you? You're so amazing. So I say yes. And I get back to New York and I'm like, oh my God, I have, I'm so out of my, like, I'm so out of my depth here. Like I have right. zero clue what's going on. And I actually have Once no idea what she's saying to me. Exactly. Always. Right. So then I, yeah. So then I called my friend who, you know, our kids went to Montessori together. And I say mm -hmm. to him, 
Jeremy Levine, also like one of the best investors in the, in the entire world. And I say to him, like, what is she talking about? And he walks me through it. And honestly, frankly, I like, I wish I'd watched, <laughs> I wish I'd watched Silicon Valley too, because so good. It's so because good. it's also massively accurate, right? Like it's, yeah, it's very much so. down to the detail. So if I had binge watched that, at least I would have had some like head start, some but I didn't. Yeah, nope. Some no. context, but no, no. Anyway, I ended up, in. I just jump in and I end up figuring it out, you know, by, by calling the right person and the right person and. Um, we'll get to this. I call it the volley, right? You you do you volley up to somebody. They know what they're doing. They volley it back to you, and then you can take it and go on from there. So, right. I, so again, compiling your network. I start compiling my network. I start asking questions of the people that I know can actually help me answer them. So. That makes a lot of sense. So then mm-hmm. I look at this because it's, it's all right, so now you're on your own. You have the financing. So there's a lot of people yeah. that, you know, saying in the world of financing, the small percentage, whatever, but there are people who get financing. A lot of it doesn't succeed. This is something well, where... Think about if you're a woman, too. Like this, the, 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 I mean, it gets, it gets down to almost, I think it's 0.01%. I'm glad you brought that up because it, it started from you coming out of college and going to Portico and it's like these advantages, they're not advantages, they're amazing huge steps for a woman. So you've done all this despite you know, the position in the business. So now you're sitting here with new capital yeah. and a new company that's really now you're going to take it to a next level from what you learned at Wayfair. How does this yeah. turn you on? Because you said something about you're either going to work with Amazon or against Amazon. And you said one of the thing that was interesting, you said, if the worst we do is send out swatches, which brings you up like another 18% or something. 18%, yeah. I remember. Conversion. That. Very nice. Wow. It was interesting. I'm so me. I'm so impressed. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Well, it was very interesting to me. So so you 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 managed to minimize this cost across the board. You've cut your people. Yep. So how yep. do you figure out now this philosophy of frictionless? Because this is where it happens, right? I mean, that's what it seemed like in the book. So this is where it happens. Um so I realize, I think, I think it started at Wayfair, right? So I realize um, the, the beauty of technology, right? And I realize that if you have an idea about how to disrupt an industry and you do it beautifully, what you do is you give your customers, you give people back time, right? Mm. So think about this. Just think about think about Bezos. He's like, to me, the, the, the godfather of of the lack of friction, right? So by starting Amazon, by starting Amazon Prime, by making everything we do happen in two, three clicks, free shipping, all these other things, what he's done is he's changed our entire relationship with consumption, right? He has made it frictionless, right? And, and so now- time. Changed our relationship with time, you mentioned. Sweetie, I'm on, honey, it's my, sorry, my daughter. Okay. Oh, that's, that's okay, thank you. Thank you. She's a lot quieter than my daughter would have been if she had come yeah. in. She'd be like, what are you doing? Uh, Make me talking. No, she's writing me a note. Mom, can you text Ellie's mom to say she's saying for dinner? Yes, I can in one second. Um, <laughs> see, frictionless. Look, this, this is what I'm saying. Um, you can do both things. This is why we're do, the future uh, of, of this. Well, this, is the, this is the future of everything. Um, so, so, Be- so Bezos taught us that. Bezos taught yeah. us that it is possible to, to, you know, get your kid's Lego gift for their party, do all your grocery shopping, do all your basic shopping from the, from three clicks. He also taught us with prime, we can get it shipped to us in two days. And on top of that, he'll entertain us beautifully because the video subscription is in prime too. Right. And so that is frictionless, but here's the thing. Our time. That's the biggest thing that stayed with me. He gave us back, he gave us back all our time. Right. And so 
our relationship with it. And so what do we do with that time? We, I don't know, the wellness movement, self-care, I don't know, whatever you do, whatever, whatever is your passion about your kids, your, your league, your faith, your, I, I don't know, there's a million great things you can do with your time, but he gave us back our time. And right. so by restructuring, and so this is also, I have, unlike a lot of people, I have mm. great faith in technology, right? I think that if you use properly, it can, it, it is, it's not the ghost in the machine, right? It is right. the thing, the thing that makes our lives better. So, you know, people talk about artificial intelligence, like artificial intelligence doesn't work the way I think the sort of the, 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 the film, acts. The, yeah, the sci-fi, yeah, yeah believes. Like, right. it's not like artificial intelligence is soon going to take over our lives. I mean, artificial yeah, intelligence hundred years. <laughs> it's a never because we program the algorithm. Right. Right. And so, and so as soon as I realized that it was this, this idea of us getting back our time, us living our lives in a better way, it occurred to me that everything, right. If you remove the friction in any industry, whether it's, you know, whether it's consumer, whether it's a direct consumer like I do, or, you know, everything from, from, for travel, right? Think yeah. about your favorite airline, right? You you go back to the same one over and over again because their site is so good, you do three clicks and you're done, right? right. I mean, I think about that constantly. Or yeah. and they know my know, info, they got my mileage, totally, set, I can totally, just book, I'm out. Totally. Done. Also, your favorite hotel chain, your I mean, everything, every yes. everything. Okay, so then fast forward to COVID, right? And yeah. all of a sudden, the entire world, right, is in the same boat for the first time ever. Like we're all in the same boat. And we all become digital humans at the same time. So it doesn't matter if you're like my, you know, 72 year old mom in Canada, or if if you're my 14 year old daughter here in New York, like all of us, they were already digital citizens anyway, but all of us became in this to the same level, right? Like you might've been the last holdout who said, I'm never going to grocery shop. Well, guess what? Skype online. Guess. Yeah. Guess what? You know, or I bet your mom, your mom calls you up and is like, I mean, honey, can you believe Zoom? I could talk to my 40 grandchildren at the same time. I'm like, welcome to the you know 21st century, mom. Like right. you were missing out on this. Look at all the friction that was reduced for you. And they all understand it. They understand it, right? Yeah, and, and you started so, using these these examples, like you talked about capsule in New York and the pharmacy delivery. Amazing. About yeah. Viore and how, yep. and this was very interesting to me because you said there were like four giants, right? You said it was, uh, who, who are they? Apple, Google? Apple. Google, yeah. Facebook, Facebook, and Amazon. I knew I just want to let you say it. I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> can't show up. It's your interview. So, no, listen, I, because I was fascinated by this. You wrote a whole book about it. And as I got deeper and deeper into it, and you started using these examples, like I listened to the Viore guy, he found it. You said, what do we do at this time? So, one thing you mentioned, wellness. Well, he had a bad back. He started the, the wellness thing. He does yoga, and he realized, I'm going to create Viore, and I'm not going to work with Amazon. So, you said nope. something. You could choose two or not to. Yep. That's the first step, right? Yep. Yep. And I mean, listen, uh, I don't know, honestly, I don't know that it's, I don't know where it's an all or nothing. I don't think this is a zero sum game. I actually think that, you know, that, that Jeff Bezos might have the answers to a lot of things. Like just, just riddle me this for one second. Okay. During, co- during COVID, mm-hmm. we all stopped driving our cars, all of us. Right? right. And the ozone got better and the trees grew faster and smarter and brighter and more beautiful. And more it happened to all, all these animals out. Right. I mean, yep. all of this happened. And so I thought to myself, like, what if Jeff Bezos 
by doing what he does and getting us to stop doing what we do is actually reforesting the actual Amazon through Amazon. Like, what if it's that meta? Yeah, I, that is right? meta. I was just like, oh. It's meta. But I'm just, I'm just <laughs> yeah. putting that out there because that, I, I, I think it's interesting and funny, and it's also not necessarily untrue at this well, point. We all learned it. It's a fascinating yeah. theorem. I, I actually would love to talk more <laughs> about that. Uh, okay, so how do you come up, though, with the inside? Why do you call it the inside? Oh, because it's, you know, it's your, it, it's your inside. For you. I mean, it's also like, for me, it's also like, what's inside of you, right? Because yeah. your home is your, your home is your place. It is the reflection of who you are. It's what you love. It's how you live. It's how you live with what you love, right? So what's inside of you? And you know what? You know, it might be, I don't know, minimal, luxurious, chic, and it might be eco-friendly. I don't know. But it, 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 it's all good. Like, everybody's well, inside is important. And you managed to take it now, in a way, and move it into this new era, right? So yeah. you decided now, tell me, this is why I brought it up. You decided at the inside not to work with Amazon. Not in a bad way, just saying you don't ship through Amazon. It's a big expense. And you said something like FedEx could tuck a pa- touch a package like five times in that old mm-hmm. model, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They could. And also, I, I, I want to step out of that old model. So in order to really work thoughtfully with Amazon, and many people do, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm not against Amazon. It, no, ju- it just expressed that well. It just, yeah, it, it just, it, it's like how you work with them, right? And so for us, there wasn't enough margin in the product to give a piece to Amazon to give a piece to the consumer, right? It, it what we're really doing is taking everything we do and passing all the value on to the end consumer, which is what the best, which is what the spirit of direct to consumer is, right? It's yes. like I am taking it from my factory to your house, and you aren't paying people to touch it along the way. And I, listen, I also think that that's the future of, of, of retail because people that's are smart enough question. now. Yeah. People are smart enough to net now to know that if some, if 40 people touch it, they're obviously going to pay more for it. Right. And if they right. can buy it directly from the source and have just FedEx in the middle of it to drop ship it to them, then, you know, they're getting, they're getting it all. Well, other things are coming to light from this as well, this idea of taking businesses to a frictionless place. You, you mentioned an example, and this blew my mind, and I think I'm pretty forward-thinking, but it blew my mind, I have to tell you, about, you talked about the razor company, and you talked about something called a pink tax. Yes. Can you just tell everyone what that is? Because you explained it so well, and I'm oh, so, grossed so out. The, yeah, so the pink tax is, 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 a, is a tax the levy, the government levies on feminine products. Right. And so men, no reason, I, 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 yeah, for no reason other yeah. than they can. But they say, oh, they would go to hard to reach places. There's a BS excuse for it. Totally. And, you got and it. it's a yeah. big, big levy, right? It's a big levy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so from this frictionless thing, what happened? They, they figured it out? What, what you were saying about this? Like, they, how did it yeah, change? Yeah. They figured it out and they went direct to consumer and they got around it. And she, she, the, the, the woman who did it is, is really, really smart. And she actually just sold her company to Procter & Gamble, I think, somebody or Johnson & Johnson for a huge amount of money. Yeah, it was really smart. And I think that what she's helping, you know, what, what Billy did, the company, yep. is, is make us think about women's products differently. Also, when she started it, no one had ever shown actual hair being shaved right they showed the razor and then some legs but there was actually never the actual shaving of the actual leg and so she made the conversation much more authentic normally when you see those you just see a shaved leg getting reshaved right is that what yes 
Yes, you're absolutely exactly right. I was thinking. Yes, yeah. You see the shaved leg getting reshaped. Nice, Jason. So it's like already perfect. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, this is how good a job we do with our razor. That's why we charge you 7% more. Exactly. And also, you know what? Women don't really have hair. They just pretend to. And then, by the way, this is right. So, yeah. But what I'm finding is that... My, is, what? It's true. Yeah, my, drain just, my drain grows hair, but the, the women... Exactly. My exactly. They don't have it. It's our fault. <laughs> Everything's our fault. Okay, but this is what I'm talking about is that... From nobody's these... fault. It's nobody's fault. It's no one's okay, fault. You know Let's just, go with it that. Just, it just is. Right. But like, what I love about this and, and what I'm, the point, the larger thing I'm getting to is that what you found in, in this kind of change movement or disruptors is that we pull out the pink tax. We are finding a way to either do this or not do this with Amazon. We're figuring out a way to move this into the future. So what does that look like in your well, they're, they're removing friction from every you know part of eyes, What does the future look like for digital, you know, uh, showcases and, and digital, you know, merchandise? Oh, I mean, <laughs> I... I, I I think that it, it looks like this. The companies that don't rise to Bezos's challenge, right, of removing friction and giving people back time are just going to lose consumers. They're going to lose their customers because somebody is going to, right? In every single industry, there will be a, a winner or many winners, right? But it will be the people that do this, the people that give us back, that make it easy for us, that remove all the friction and that give us back the time in our lives. And, and, it, it, you know, technology helped us do that. And everybody has been able to take their industry, apply technology to it, remove friction and make it a better consumer experience. But the end of the day, you know, the, the, the time is our only non-renewable resource, right? You, you can mm -hmm. buy, you can buy money. You can buy, I mean, you can buy almost anything, right? Yep. But you can't buy time. Right. You can't, can't buy it back. You can't, you can't buy it back. You can't get it. No you way. can't, you can't, you can't hack it. You can't work around it. You can't do anything to it. It just right. is, right? And so I think also in COVID, what we realized is, first of all, you know, how fleeting time is. Second of all, how everybody in our lives is so important to us. And maybe we should spend our time with them. And, you know, as I tell my kids, not this. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know what? You know, listen, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not prophesizing here. I'm not going to tell you how to spend your time. But if you get time back... Do, do, do something that you're passionate about. Do something that adds to your life because you can use technology. You can use frictionless technology to do just that. I mean, this is exactly right. And, and here's a question I'm going to ask you. I don't know if you want to answer it, able to answer it, but as listen, you're an interior designer, look at, I like to bring everything back to the art and, and the business yeah. show, right? So look at our business as an interior designer with the idea of frictionless that you've now put onto this landscape. How do we mm -hmm. look? in the next, you know, few years? What's the interior design? What's the redesign for our business? You know, is it talk shows that all look like this? Do TV, does TV look different? Does film, do you see anything in regards to frictionless, how we can move toward that? Oh, wow. I mean, I've spent some time in the TV business in Los Angeles. It is a perplexing thing to me. Um, <laughs> and my boss was Ellen DeGeneres, which was amazing because she's wow. enormously intelligent. Um, amazingly forward thinking. Um, you, you know, I, I think that the, 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 this, the entertainment business is already going through this, right? right? Um, because in the same way that music was disrupted in the same way books were disrupted, entertainment is being disrupted because people are able to create this now on their own. Right. And right. so now it's not going to just be about 
what you can do. It's not going to be about the quality of what people do. And you will see whether, you know, whether it's on TikTok or Netflix or I don't know, wherever mm-hmm. is Snapchat. The people that are doing things that are amazing will rise to the top, regardless of, you know, who's sponsoring them, what level of, I don't know, of, of influencer they are, all these things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really about it's really about quality. It's really about somewhat of a renaissance with all this. Yeah, but it's a, you know, the, the cool thing is it's a self-generated renaissance, right? It's a renaissance where the actors make their own rules. It's I, not, you know, it's not right. a prescribed renaissance. It's not somebody telling somebody. Like, if you do something amazing on TikTok, everybody gets to see it. Yeah, despite whatever. It doesn't matter. You did it, despite, it's out there. Yep. You did it, it's out there. And, like, if, you know, it's also... Yeah, and if you're taking the risk and you're thoughtful and you're really good at what you do and... I, you know, it is a, it is, it is relevant in some way to somebody or many people or millions of people. It will, it will be shared, and that's the interesting thing about technology because we're not just citizens of you know Canada and the U.S. and Russia and China. And all well, now we're citizens of humanity, right? We're all in it together. And the things that we find funny, they find funny, and you know they find funny in I don't know everywhere because we're the just universality people. that we've all of course. With. Of course, now and not all the time. Now we're all digital citizens together. So and that's what I thought. Uh, at the uh, ultimately about your book is that it's not about business per se, and it's not about startups per se. It's about this overarching, really meta idea of yeah. connectivity and how we now finally can use this to move forward in a positive way. Well, and I can take it one step further than that, right? Please. So think about uh-huh. friction in your so think about friction in your life, right? Yeah. So I have an equation which has some bad words in it and some good words in it. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I can. So it's like, it's the flow Mm -hmm. versus the fuck you. Right. Okay. So in your life, you know, your moments of flow, right? You're in it. Everything's amazing. You're going down the road. You understand exactly what you're doing. You're in the flow. Right. And the minute you get yourself into a friction filled situation, right. Whether it's somebody across the, the internet from you or some kind of thing in your, you know, some janky front end of some website where you're not getting what you want. So you snap out of the flow right into the fuck you, right? It's like, ah, oh, fuck, this is not working. Fuck, 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 right? Fuck. And so, somewhere else. yes, right? So I'm going to do this on something. I'm like, oh, like, or this person, this person brings me out of my flow into my fuck you, right? Oh, yes. like I can't stand being with X, Y, Z. Fuck, 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 right? And so yes. the more, yeah. So the more you're, yeah, of course you do. We all do. Right. Mm -hmm. But so, so this is what you're going to say to yourself every day from now on. Mm -hmm. When you get into the fuck you, right. You're out of, you're out of the present. You're out of the flow. You're out of the the, the state of the state, your best, your best you. Yes, honey. I'm on, I'm doing a dinner. Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong? No, it's more kids. Um, Well, not the same one who needed the text. Okay. No, that's my son now. Oh, there's so many in my, they're, they're all at my house. Um, Fantastic. Guys masks on right. and things like that. Anyway, so, so, you, so flow versus so, fuck you. So when it pulls you out of the so flow, so yeah, when you're, when you pull out of the flow into the fuck you, mm-hmm. you'll know now. And every right. time you, every time what you'll do now is just like, Oh my God, I'm in the fuck you. And it, it's a practice, right? At first you're like, right. you'll, it'll take you a minute. And then you're, Oh my God. I'm in the fuck. And then, and then soon you'll be like, Oh my God, I'm in the fuck you. And if I spend any time here and in this friction filled area, then I'm out of my flow. There. By the way, you can live there. 
Oh no, no. Listen, I could get yeah. into that for forever and ever for and ever. A couple of decades. It's a bad Many, place to live. The fuck. It's you. a very bad place to fuck you. It's a very bad place to live. Yep. Okay, it, it goes beyond that. People get addicted to the fuck you, right? You oh. get addicted to the feeling yeah. of like of like the adrenaline and the thing and the for and the fight and the thing and right and so you can go and live there you and many people spend their entire life there i'm saying don't do that that you're you're putting yourself right into the epicenter as i say that from new york now the epicenter (laughs) of friction right all you're doing is living a life full of fuck you fuck you do fuck you fuck you right Fucking, you did this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You did this. You did this. Yeah. Don't take any responsibility for yourself. Don't do anything. Right. Don't ever learn. Just just sit there. Because you right. know what? To some people, it feels really good. Feels great. Feels it's comfy. awesome. It's like a warm gray blanket. Totally. Totally. Right. But we get back but, into the flow. You can recognize it right away. You're saying, and now, all right, right? I'm recognizing this icky feeling. Okay. Yeah. Get right out of the fuck you. Right into the flow. Get rid of all the friction. And I promise you, your life will look very different. I because mean, this is fantastic. You, you'll be doing no, you'll be no. doing what you you'll be doing what you love. You'll be doing what you're supposed to do. Uh, and you I won't be at this time around. You know, mm-hmm. at least I hope that in during the quarantine and everything that's happened, we have found some degree of what you're talking about. I hope so. I hope so. Oh. So one of our listeners says, I'm hearing the fuck you. It's friction filled. A dog attacked Macy. What do you think if someone bit your dog and knocked you into a nerve injury? I, I'm not sure. That sounds terrible. But I'm saying like this is you can stay in it. I had a problem today. It's exactly what you're saying. Because it wasn't a problem. It was a thing. Someone did something. And I said I, I was talking to Jason about it. I could stay in it. Or you could just talk to a friend, laugh a bunch. And then I'm like, oh, what was that thing again? And then I start working again. And, and also, look at listen. You can make all kinds of decisions. It's nothing is binary, right? Yes. And sometimes, and sometimes, you know, nothing is symmetrical. Sometimes there are, there are, there are things you need to do. There are lessons that you need to sit in the fuck you for a little bit longer to figure things out. But what I'm saying is it's friction. It's full of friction. And the only person who loses there is you. That's the thing. Like no one's winning that game. Because that's a that's a that's a that's a that's a debate you're in with yourself, right? Yeah, no, because I, I guarantee the other person's not thinking about you. That you know, mm-hmm. when you realize how little time people have outside of their own lives for you or anybody else, it's humbling, right? Like yes. they're not thinking. I'm in this fuck you by myself, largely, yeah. right? And, and so and that's the thing. Anything. You're not creating anything, and you're 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 sticking yourself there. You're and right. so, no, listen, listen. This is what I, I agree with everything you're saying. I, I I know I have to let you go soon, but I want to ask you one thing, which is again, there's so much to talk about with your book, and <laughs> anyone who hasn't read it, really get it, read it, or get it on Audible. Um, either way, I, and this is the last thing I just want to ask before you go is, um, I was kind of blown away by how the reasoning you gave, and this is just a random thing, but why a couch is so expensive. It's like, I can't tell you how, a couch is a big ticket purchase, but I've looked at them, I've bought at least 10 of them in my life, and you just broke it down so simply. Do you mind just telling our viewers like I mean, that? yeah, because it's made by hand by somebody, right? And so a, a, a sofa is expensive for many reasons. First of all, the most expensive part of it is the fabric you put on it, right? And so that that's the most expensive thing. And then you can break it down a million different ways, you know, into what it's filled with, what it's made of. But at the end of the day, there is a person, and in this country, he, mm-hmm. uh, he or she is largely in North Carolina, is extremely mm-hmm. skilled, has maybe been doing this for 10, 20, 50 years, but they are making it for you by hand. 
They are, you know, they are, they are, it is something that's constructed from the ground up. It's not coming from some, you know, random, I don't know, fictitious factory that spits them out. Like there's still, there's still human beings behind each and every one of these things. And that's a amazing. Yeah. B their craftsmen. See it in this country. It comes from this incredible, beautiful, you know, long line of people that have been doing this and passing it down craftsmanship from, from, you know, generation to generation. And it, it's still happening rockets. that way. Yeah. yeah it's still I happening think, that know, way. When people talk about all these jobs or this or that, it's like, listen, you want to do something, buy a couch that's being made in North Carolina by these you yeah. know, third generation craftsmen, do uh, it. you know, and, and, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting place to keep your money into the flow of economy. So thanks so, for sharing totally. that with us. Yeah, Jason, keep, keep, before keep we people go, employed. <laughs> Yes, keep people employed, but it's true. Jason, before we go, do you have anything? Uh, oh, I, I mean, now I understand. I, I actually am really glad about this couch thing. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I found out the you know somebody told me once like it's easy. It's probably cheaper to just buy a couch than try and reupholster one, and that makes a lot more sense now because I've done that before, and I was like, oh, I just bought a new couch, uh, reupholstering the one I loved. Um, so mm-hmm. now I understand a lot better. So where can we uh, yeah. find you on uh, on social media, Christian? Um, well, I, I mostly live in, because I'm, you know, a visual person, I'm, I'm on Instagram. So, so at, at Christian Lemieux, I'm on Twitter at C Lemieux. I'm on Amazon at Frictionless. Um, yes, Frictionless and, and on Audible and Frictionless as well. I'm on Audible at, fr- yeah. at Frictionless. Um, and you will see my co-author Duff and I building on this idea, um, to take the friction, not only out of your business, but out of your life and give you back all the things you're next. Yeah, all the things you're looking for, you know? Yeah, I think you got seminars next on this. This you is think? the whole industry. Yeah, I do. I really do. I think it's fascinating. I, so I just, thank you for being here. Yeah, I what? just want people to be what? happy. I just want people yeah, to be too. happy. Me yeah. too. That's why I like your book. Because it is all right. it's about getting your time back and spending it where, you know, you really could you're be pa- spending it best. Yeah, I think that's right. You got it. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Christian, guys. You? Thank you, Christian. Right. Have a good night. Dwell you studio, too. You too. Uh, Have good a luck with that. Good luck with the chores you have now that that, that handed you throughout the show. I I have to cook dinner and email a whole bunch of parents, and then I don't know what else. I have my my notes right here. I'm going to take care of it. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. See? Interesting. Right? What time is it? Okay, we got a a few minutes. We got about five minutes. So how was that? Well, I, I didn't get to do any comments. I was I was just talking to her. What's been oh. happening? To, to catch uh, nothing. Um, um, you got. I think you got. Uh, or uh, <laughs> you got yeah. poor Nancy drunk within the first five minutes. You were. Um, what I. Her. Yeah. You were on fire today. Um, mm. <laughs> uh, but uh, otherwise, um, I think people. You know, we were talking about a little bit of stuff. But in general, I think it's just a really interesting point of view. Um, as far as all that stuff goes, like just being able to, to smooth these things out and, and, and look for that frictionist life. Um, and I can see where people also could get like, you know, you, you see this a lot, even right now, it's like, let's head right into the friction just for the sake of the, maybe the addiction or the fight. Um, you know, that's a good point. No, it's a good, that's a good point. But I think with consumerism, we definitely see it's, it's, I'll just find something else. This is too difficult. Yeah. Fuck this. Absolutely. Look how long I waited for my first F bomb. Oh, you didn't use any during that entire, you, no, she said the F word so many times. Yeah, I know. It was great. Oh, I might have said it. 
Oh no. Well, let's just be safe. I won't use we'll pretend. That was a that was a what we call an a academic f bomb. Um, anytime during that process, because it was part of a learning tool. It's like you, you use the word cosine a lot when you're talking about trigonometry, but you wouldn't use that anywhere else. You know, except for alone. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Which is not anything to do with trigonometry. So exactly. how did trigonometry help me exactly? Mr. Um, Figuerella, <laughs> I'm, I'm just curious. Use it all the time. Yeah, I'll try and understand. Cosine my ass. Uh, <laughs> well, well, no. what, that is why I liked the book, though, because it was about a philosophy. It, it's not. It, it's a philosophy that took over business. It made Amazon huge. It is. All of a sudden, I can order something. Sit here. It's here in a day or less. Oh, yeah, I mean, two click. click. That makes it really easy. You know, it really just got me thinking, and even when we were talking, like, uh, you know, not to get, I don't want to go back into this, but I, I think I mentioned that um, there was a, a video that went viral at a Trader Joe's the other day with a woman who wouldn't wear a mask. Oh, no, I don't, you know, I don't know about any of this. Oh, stuff. yeah, well, it's just a video because she wouldn't wear a mask at the thing and I'm she started sorry, everything. It went nationally. Uh, that's my Trader Joe's. It's just a block away from my house. It just opened. I'm very happy. I shop at a famous Trader Joe's that um, that happened, but that feels like a an example of somebody who lives in the fuck you, right? Yeah. Go in there on purpose. You know, maybe she's got a she's got a um, she says she has a respiratory issue, which is why she couldn't wear the mask. I don't want to get into that part of it. That still seems like I'm going with all the friction. I'm walking into a store. I know this is not going to be well received. I could have ordered all this stuff on Instacart if I really wanted to, or right. put it up for pickup and just gone and yes. picked it up. But I, I I'm doing this thing for the fuck you in a little bit. And, uh, you know, it, it seems like this is, this is something that we could hold to our whole lives right now. It's like the, 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 the frictionless version of everything is the, you know, for all intents and purposes, is the, the, the intents and purposes, the, all the, and purposes, Go on, no, no, um, okay. <laughs> is insisting on trying to do the thing that supports us all together, right? Ordering mm -hmm. online, staying away, you know, social distancing and, you know, not going into a grocery store just to, fight with everybody so you can throw your shit on the ground. Like maybe you, if you want to just throw cans and like all, I mean, they have a great, they have right. one of the most amazing nut and trail mix uh, selections out there. <laughs> if you want to get all that on the ground, good for you, but that's what you do. Well, yeah, you see it. You see it in certain types of certain people. They're out looking for the conflict. Yep. They're, whether it's a flag they're flying or a hat they're wearing. And I'm not talking politics. I really am not. I'm talking about, I'm just talking about points of view that are uh, publicly and viscerally and ostentatiously displayed in order to cite conflict. Yep. Provoke Absolutely. evil. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's a fuck you lifestyle. Right. Living in it constantly. That's how it is. I said I, I lived there for two two decades at least. Yep. It's a you know it's a constant. There's no. It's a very once you're in there. It's a very uh, it's a very hard climb to get to any sort of uh, light or solid ground. Oh yeah. Because so many people live there. You want to know the first step out? And What's that's the first why step? Everyone stays there. What? Stop watching the news. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Cut the news out like heroin. You know, like, it, 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 by the way, I bet it's harder to cut out than sugar. Yeah, I think the, f I bet you, I, I think, okay, you know, yeah, and I sure. think maybe it ties to the same thing. I think to me, the first step is just like, don't assume everybody's immediately assume the worst about people. Like, immediately, yeah, you know, like, assume everybody's there to be like that you're, you want to get along. Like, they're not there to fight. They, every other person's not your, your adversary. You're not going... Yes. To a place like you go outside and you go to the store, you go to a 7-Eleven or you go wherever and it's not the first thing isn't fuck that person. 
who's in line ahead of me or didn't say thank you when they opened the door. Let's assume that everybody's just being nice and yeah, forgot or had something on their mind. And if you think that way at first, you're not going to be fuck you. You're going to be okay. This is frictionless. And then you can, you can figure it out from there. Well, you're right. You know, and to add a teeny bit to that, you don't have to, you know, be like me and analyze the whole situation and look at it through their point of view or their glasses. Like I do just knee jerk that everything's positive. Oh, I'm sure they're just in a, you know, something. Oh, I'm sure they're in a rush to get their kid. Yeah. Like just knee jerk positive and yeah. you will eventually end up out of the fuck you or you'll get out of it real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I had a situation just real quick. I was, you know, but right before this, I was pulling out of a, uh, a place and I saw somebody coming in and it looked like they were yelling at me from their car. So I started screaming at them for my car. And uh, he drove by and he said, oh, I was just on the phone. I wasn't mad at you. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm a big, <laughs> I'm a big asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's the perfect example because yeah. you're not usually like that, by the way. No. I was no. thinking, Jesus, you started yelling like you're. A, you, that would be a scary sight. You're a big guy. You're yeah. screaming and yelling with uh, yeah. you know, all your whiteness and right. your beard. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. Yeah, yeah. No, it was one of those things you. where I thought they were yelling at me, and I was like, huh. oh, you know, you get that. You got that car strength. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the car strength. But yeah, you're absolutely right. You could have gone like, oh yeah, hey, that guy's uh, sorry. That guy's upset about something, right? Yeah. No, but that's that thing. I think you know. There's a different kind of frictionless as we start talking about technology and all that stuff. But I think it's an easy way to start adding it to your life that way. Okay, so we have to wrap it up for today. Uh, first of all, great guest. Uh, again, thank you to Christian Lemieux. Get the book Frictionless on Amazon or Audible. Uh, some things just happened that Jason smiled at. We will be back with another episode on the next time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to tell everybody uh, the reason I'm smiling. I'm thinking about tomorrow or for our next episode. Um, if you have a chance, watch Paris is Burning tonight. Um, we're going to um, our next episode will will is uh, you know as scheduled feature some of the cast of Legendary, which is the ball uh, you know the New York ball room scene um and that movie is a great great indicator of it i um am very excited about tomorrow uh yeah, me and my daughter watching the show every week way. And, i'm gonna bow out on this one uh, and, uh, no i'm serious i want fun. you to yeah this is i'm looking forward for this uh for jason and his his daughter so everyone stay safe stay sane stay strong jason smith cliff dwarfman take care of each other everybody yep love you see love you next time A podcast network.